Welcome back to the Lash Base Podcast. Today we have a slightly different episode. I am interviewing two friends of the industry, two very amazing women, very driven, very passionate. This is a great episode, so settle in, grab a cuppa, and listen to the advice and stories that these two have. I have got Dion and I have got Joe. Right, let's get started. So here we are then. I am with two very lovely people today and they are taking my virginity in doing a live Zoom. <laughs> I can see Joe's face. We're, we're filming this as well. If it goes all right, we might post the video. If not, it will just be this podcast that you're listening to now. So I'm going to go straight into it. Firstly, as I've got two people and we're all in separate houses, we're going to have to take it in turns when we're talking. Firstly, Joe, I'm going to come to you. Can you just introduce yourself? Tell us just a very small amount about yourself first so okay. people know who they're listening to okay my name is joanna lee and my lash business is flash lash and i have been in the business for 11 years in october is that enough that is a long time so you have been in the business longer than probably lash face has been around we had our 10th anniversary last year and we're now into the 11th. Do you think you are older than Lash Base in the industry? I'd say, well, October 2010 I was. So is that, oh, my math is so shocking. I think I am, <laughs> I think I am 11 in October. Do you know what? It's a, it's a crazy thing when, and you might be the same as well, when we first started, or well, when my mum first started Lash Base, it was one of those where, she didn't expect it to become what it's become. So she didn't like make a note of, oh, well, this is the date that it all started. It was just, I'm going to start doing lashes and then it's gone from there. So, right, so that's Joe, And we've also got Dion, you're here as well. Hello. Hi. Yes, I am. Tell us about um, yourself, Dion. Okay. So I'm Dion Thomas. My, uh, my business is Love and Lashes and, um, yeah, I'm coming up to my 10-year anniversary as well, actually. Um, I, I can't believe oh, it. So we've got some, some real, ancient, I mean, experienced yeah, people in yeah. it. Yeah, we, we've experience. been in the game for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so you have seen it all. So, okay, then question we'll take in terms for both of you. When you first started lashing, describe the sets of lashes that you would do. What thickness, lengths and curls were you using on a standard set of lashes 10 years ago? Well, from my point of view, I was putting on some monstrous lashes <laughs> onto my clients. They were 0.2s, sometimes 0.25s. The inner corners weren't particularly short. There wasn't that much finesse. They were all loose lashes. They looked like... Oh pubes i used to have to sit and i was i was a bit ocd before my clients i would line them up in a petri dish on us on a silicon pad so that they were all like on their own little strips in their lengths i mean my clients were happy they loved them this was the early days they thought they were the yeah. best thing since sliced bread but when i look back now i'm like huh how did you actually pay me to put those on your face <laughs> and you dion um, so I've heard Jo talk about her early years quite a lot with the um, with the lashes, you know, the loose lashes in the in the little tubs and stuff. Um, I I've always worked from trays with you know with strips of lashes even ten years ago. So um, I trained. I had a good trainer, and I, I think I don't know if the company's still around, but I trained with a company called AH Francis. So oh, while yes, they yeah, did they have yeah yeah um, Lucy. Lucy Cambridge Lash Company Lucy trained me um many years ago she worked for them so um so yeah but it was definitely so even though I didn't have to worry about sort of sorting out the lashes and lining them up um I did have trays but yeah my two options were C curl and J curl and um it was 0 0.25 and uh, 0 0.20 and that, yeah. that was it. I always say I've got clients to this day. I've got I've, my first clients. I've still got, and, and I don't do them that much these days. They go to my girls in my salon. But I do look back and I think um, they must have really loved me <laughs> 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 because, <laughs> because 
because when I look back at the pictures, I'm like, how, how did they keep coming to me? But obviously it was a different time. Everyone was doing the same thing, weren't they, 10 years ago? So um, Yeah, and I so guess yeah, as well, I bet like your, your lash adhesive was probably a, a two to three second thick, wasn't like what, what we're using now. I remember, I remember it being very gloopy. Yeah, I do. I do remember the gloopy glues. Yeah. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> Thank God things have evolved. <laughs> yeah, I know. Tell me about it. But then the thing is, I've, I've said this to people before, that they're, especially you can fall into a bit of a trap when you've been in the industry for a certain length of time that you say, well, I've been using adhesive for this, uh, for 10 years, say, and I've never had problems before. But when you think about the type of adhesive that was around and you were using 10 years ago, it was much thicker. It was slower drying. It wasn't as like elite performance as the types of adhesive that we are all using now. And then that means because the adhesives are thinner, faster, they behave differently. And, and it means that more problems can occur with them. So it's interesting. How have you managed to transition from what's your, if you were to do a set of lashes now, again, question for both of you, what are your favorite styles and lengths and thicknesses? For me, I love to do short sets. I like to use really short inners. I like to do predominantly light-ish volume sets, although I do love classics also, but I really do like to do short sets. Lots of my clients are maturer and more mature, I should say, and they like quite short not so more natural lashes not so bold so i'm talking yeah. about five millimeters up to some only have a maximum of eight millimeters so you've got to have wow. those short inners otherwise you don't get that lovely descent and ascent and when it comes to using the shorter lengths and you're talking about volume here what technique do you have to use for trying to fan a five millimeter lash I don't find it that hard, but I generally would pick up and place, but I would always pro-make those short, short lengths if I knew I was doing a short, short set. And I always like to have a few trays of pro-made fans that I have pre-fanned and crystallized because you're right, live fanning, those short lengths can be a bit can eat into your time, tricky. Yeah. Can eat into your time, yeah, exactly. I, my style has changed recently. Um, I mean, I was, I, I'm trained by Vicky. So, um, like Vicky was my volume um, teacher. So obviously for a long time, you know, striving for the perfect line and that perfect neat look was definitely a hundred percent all I was about. And um, I think I've kind of, you know, I've never, never be Vicky, but I think I've kind of like achieved what I want with that. And I am at the stage where I'm really having fun experimenting with Wispy and Mega. And, um, you know, I'm, I take a lot of inspiration from, um, you know, from, from like my students even, and, uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the girls that are newer to the industry, I think they can't sort of, you know, they're, they're creating some real interesting styles and I'm, I'm kind of loving it and trying to sort of, you know, work on, work on my mega at the moment. That's, that's, that's my new thing. I think, I think, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head really. I think, and what a lot of people and listening to this should understand is that there, there is no set way. There is no like, like Vicky Rugg has built a niche out of what she does and she does it the best. She does it amazingly and it bring it gives you amazing results however like you've said you've switched on to trying other things to see if you can find other things and build your create your niche and create styles that you like which then helps with uh, it's the whole passion and artistry of lashing isn't it i think that's so important and vicky is the first one to say that you're right although she has perfected that look and she does it the best she is also the first one to say make the rules and then break them you know she is all about us stepping out of our comfort zone and trying new stuff. So, you know. Totally agree with that. Right. So just before, sorry, go on, Karen. Sorry, sorry. I I do think um, the mistake that a lot of youngsters in the industry make is they try to go straight on to the wispies and the megas and and stuff like that. But I feel like you need to have the background in you, you can't, I don't think you should be going on to, to Wispy or Mega before you can, before you've perfected neat, 
perfect symmetrical volume. Do you know what I mean? I think that has yeah. to be your, your, your grounding. And then once you've mastered that, then you can then go on to experiment with, you know, different looks and with texture and, and stuff like that. But I think a lot of girls are trying to go about it the wrong way. Um, I think I, I agree with you. The, the, re the reason as well that which is I find quite interesting the the wispy and the mega and the messy look you can you can almost cheat and in like in doing the proper uniform symmetrical fan sets requires such skill and precision you can learn yeah. and, and and get good at that so that you can create wispy mega messy looks with precision whereas mm. I think it's it's I almost know. cheating because you can hide uh, a flaw in your technique and claim that it's because you were going for a certain look, if you know what I mean. I get that, definitely. But I do think there is a place for when you're transitioning between classic and volume, if your speeds aren't there, I wouldn't be afraid to say to a, a practicing classic lash artist to... I wouldn't say, well, you've got to go straight to your volume and go to these perfect sets before you start selling these lash sets. I do think there is room and a time where doing a hybrid set might be useful, mixing your classics with your volume just because your speeds aren't there to do a full set of volume. And I know I get totally what you're both saying, but I do think there is a time and a place for that as well. Yeah, yeah, good point. Okay. So hybrid just, just neat, I'm sorry, Karen. Yeah, no, I was just saying hybrid can still be um, neat. Hybrid doesn't necessarily need to be no wispy. But yeah, that is a good point. Hybrid's good for transitioning, definitely. Out of, out of again, before I just move on with the standard questions, out of your client, do you both take clients still? Yep, definitely. Yeah. I love lashing clients. And and what's the ratio for your clients? What's the ratio of classic, hybrid, or volume, or mega? What? How does it work for you? So I know Joe, you said you've got slightly older clients or more mature. I mostly do. I mostly do volume because although those mature clients don't want anything too full on, they also have quite sparse lashes often. So the volume lashes, even though they're short and light, they still give that fluffier, fuller look. I would say that most still have volume. Some have classics. And as I come full circle back to classic lashes, I'm sort of persuading some to try classics again because obviously my classic skills have evolved from those early days to, to now having had further classic lash training myself with the likes mm -hmm. of Amy Phillips. Nice. I, uh, before, so before lockdown, I, hadn't, I haven't really been consistently taking clients for the last six months or so. I did step away um, and I was very, very grateful for, you, you know, I definitely needed to step away because the business was kind of growing at a pace that I kind of couldn't keep up with. So I did need to step away. But when I tell you, I, Joe knows that I'm emotional. There were nights when I cried in bed thinking about, the good old days when I would when it was just me and my clients and I did really miss it so just before lockdown I had started to put a few things in place I just got a a manager um that was going to take her take a, a lot of the admin stuff that was taking up my time so I could actually get back to lashing and then obviously lockdown happened so I, I haven't been doing as many clients um before lockdown but in the salon I would say it's about 80 percent volume um, and that 80% is probably even affected by the fact that I've got one very part-time junior who only does classics. So volume is definitely a, a, a thing in, in my area. And it's definitely is that, more uh, like mega volume or just light 3d or. So we've never really, um, we only really did a course in mega not long before lockdown as well. So it wasn't really on the, we we didn't we we don't really specialize in mega yet that's something i've been working on more on my staff and on my friends when i sort of will lash out of hours um just just for fun mm -hmm. um but that's something that we've the girls that eat while we're on lockdown they've been working on and i've also been working on as well so yeah get me back i can't i can't wait to uh to oh really no it's been too long hasn't it it's been too long i wouldn't okay. say <laughs> 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 So, right, um, I'm going to move on to the questions that um, I had written down here because I know we've asked quite a lot of questions that weren't on 
weren't on the list. So we'll move forward with that. Right now, if I take, I'll take it in turns. We'll talk to Joe first. Um, so we, we can, people can get an idea of what Joe's up to. And then we'll talk to you, Dion, um, uh, similar sort of questions. So it could both, give, both gives you a chance to speak about what you're doing. Uh, so everyone listening can actually understand exactly what each of you are up to. So, Joe, um, what did you do before Lashes? Ah, oh, well, I was in broadcasting just before Lashes. One sort of crossed over into the other at the end. But yes, so I, I, was, in, I was in broadcasting, started in television production and then moved in front of the camera. I, I know. And what, what did you do? So uh, in the early days, I was a reporter on BBC and I did voiceovers for Bloomberg. And then I moved into weather full time. So five days a week for ITV. I was regional. So it was HTV West in uh, the West Country, the Midlands. And then latterly, I went to Sky News and did the weather there. That is it's every time you tell that story. I think it's absolutely crazy. If anybody's interested, go onto YouTube. What is it? What's the video they can search where it's like Joe in a leather trousers or something? Search Joanna Rice, which was my weather name, my maiden name, and the weather in leather. <laughs> Honestly, do it, do it. <laughs> okay, and um, so that was what you were doing before. Um, what are you doing now? I know you've been. I know both of you are very, very driven and busy people, even considering we're in lockdown. So, Joe, what are what are you up to now? So, of, out of lockdown, I am a lash artist and a trainer. I train in classic volume, straight to volume, and lash lift. Inside mm -hmm. lockdown, I have discovered that I am a podcast creator. <laughs> so I, I decided one day, literally momentarily, that oh, it would be a good idea to do a podcast. Dion and I had spoken about doing one for our joint venture, which is the Lash Angels, which I'm sure we'll come on to. But I just decided that I really wanted to crack on and do something for my head that was, you know, fizzing and buzzing and I'm not good left with nothing to do. So I happened upon this idea literally in the shower one morning. It's called Behind the Lashes. And I just decided it would be cool to create a kind of living time capsule that is going to be a record of a a similar group of people. And I decided it would be lash artists and track their progress through COVID-19 and through lockdown and beyond, just to see how we're affected emotionally, practically, physically, financially, how our families are doing, how COVID-19 has touched or hasn't touched us. And I just thought it would be a really amazing sort of testimony to this time. And I just wanted to leave something behind that my grandchildren and great grandchildren can listen to because they're going to be learning about this in school aren't they they're going to be taught world war one world war two and covid19 so i just thought it would be a really nice thing for them to be able to listen to and it has been amazing for everybody listening to this podcast it means that you're currently listening on an app that will also be hosting behind the lashes by joe so as soon as you finish listening to this do search for it. it's behind the lashes Behind the lashes, right? you search behind the lashes, and if you can't find it, then you can add with Joanna Lee, and it'll definitely pop up. It's on Spotify, Apple, and six other platforms. But it's basically 22 lash artists from around the world. The first interviews are quite meaty and beefy. I go behind the lashes and find out about the person behind the lash band, lash brand, or lash business, and ask them about childhood schooling, ambitions, and etc. And then subsequent interviews every two weeks, I just check in with them and see how life is feeling further on in lockdown and this whole experience, this shared experience, this nightmare. And it really, really is so interesting. I've listened, I must admit, I haven't listened to all of them because I, there aren't enough hours in the day, <laughs> even though we're all on lockdown, to keep up with the amount of podcasts that you are, the people you're interviewing. There's some huge names. They're all, everyone I've listened to has been so interesting. And it, it really shows you a different side, the, the, almost like the, the behind the scenes, behind the lashes, I get it now, the, the, real, the real people behind the lashes, which no one else has done so interesting um so yeah anybody listening to this definitely go and have a listen to that straight afterwards 
Oh, thanks, Jamie. It's been a lifesaver for me, a little bit of a lifeline because I have been busy and Joe is best busy. Yeah, good. Okay, and then you've got to do some mentoring at all? Are you doing any? Yes, this has kind of come out of, well, my broadcasting and my lash life has kind of come full circle and come together, which is just thrilling because they're my two greatest loves. And I have start before lockdown i wanted to develop this um, presenter training because in this world of social media we are in i know you've said jamie that it's not essential to put your face and videos on your social media but i do think it is a good idea and lots of people are wanting to have a go but they don't often know where to start or they've mm. got no confidence so i spoke at our lash angels event about about having a go and getting started with that. And I'm just kind of developing that in my head and starting to read around the subject and trying to get how I do something naturally down in a teachable format. And in fact, yeah. Hannah Pajato of London Lash Pro, who's part of the podcast series, asked me to do some vocal mentoring with her. So, I mean, she's got a lovely voice, but she just wanted to tweak bits and, and just see what I would say about that so we've done two lessons and the plan is for me to work with some of her trainers and so who knows lockdown may have been a rich blessing indeed yeah I think and again because you are experienced and you know exactly what you're doing when it comes to speaking on camera but before when I've said that people don't have to do it I think it's because potentially they have missed the step that you are offering so it's I would hate people to say no being on camera is not for me um, as an excuse because they don't have necessarily the confidence or the skills that are required to be able to to give it a go um, and yeah I must admit I've I've seen on Hannah's Instagram stories some of her notes that you'd given her um, I'm aware of the the mentoring that you're doing and, and again it's it seems like it's a, another niche that doesn't exist that will help a lot of people because in the lash industry you can be like the best lash artist in the world and in today's social media like cameras everywhere you it does help if you can put a face and a personality to to everything that you're doing so yeah that, sound, that does sound good and, and lockdown is having a very strange effect on people people look at vicky rug oh my gosh she would rather <laughs> die than be on camera she would run away she was practically sick when she did katie godfrey's podcast but she came on did mine no nerves she's done a live with genevieve she's doing videos left right and center yeah. people are getting braver this lockdown has had a sort of magical effect on so many people it's kind of i know there are obviously a, a lot of bad bad things but there are a lot of positive things that are coming out of us all being locked in our houses and having to do a little more if we want to. So yeah, I think that is good. Um, and what are your plans for the future? Well, once we're out of here, once this is all over, because you cannot, I can't, I can't see how you can keep up two or three podcasts a day and, and the presented mentoring and run your lash businesses mm. what's the future hold how are you going to um flatten the curve of your what's going on for you right now <laughs> or, or as boris put it in that first press conference where he started talking about that curve he called it the sombrero which just made me laugh did you hear that one it was brilliant so anyway i digress so yes you're right i cannot continue doing all of these podcasts and all of that and run a lash business i would literally have to stop lashing and i absolutely do not want to do that i will continue with the podcast but it obviously won't be every two weeks but i do want to check in because it's going to be a long time before we all get back to normal and there are going to be times where we need to check in dion said to me i hope you carry this on because you know this doesn't end when we get released on whichever date so yeah i'm going to continue it but not at the same kind of high level that i'm doing right now and i will start to build on the presenting training and mentoring and i really want to grow my lash training business because i absolutely adore teaching lashes i'm not the claiming to be the best lash artist in the world but i do think that i am a good teacher and i'm passionate about it and the care that my students get until they're at a point where they feel they can fly the nest is well i think i think it's brilliant so 
I would say yeah. that. <laughs> and I, I believe you, I can, I can vouch Joe's one of the good guys in the industry, 100% really really does care so yeah i think and are you doing i can't remember if somebody told me this it might have been genevieve she said that you were doing or have recently gained accreditation to be able to do some form of online training is that right well yes and no i i'm not accredited i'm um insured with the guild and they won't they won't honor online training through this period that's a whole that's a whole separate issue but what, what i have done yeah. for a couple of girls that were booked in for classic lash training um and were really disappointed that they couldn't do the training i agreed with them that i would get them started so they at least had something to focus on positive during this period so they were kitted out with a mannequin head and all of the tools that they needed. They had their manuals mm -hmm. and everything. We did the, all of the theory via Zoom and then we did a practical session as well, like I would in person with the mannequin head and lashing the training lashes. Um, I had somebody here filming this end, plus I'd pre-recorded videos of, of high quality so that they could see the demonstrations and then I had at their end I had another person operating a camera that end which we did a combination of zoom I was up I had my iPad connected to my computer to share my um, whiteboard so I could draw diagrams I could share images I could share videos but when it came to actually videoing on Zoom, it was very laggy. So I wouldn't yeah. recommend that as a, um, as a facility, but I had to then transfer to WhatsApp. So we were WhatsApping videoing so that I could see her hand placement and her all of the isolation and attachment and all of the things that you would expect to see when you are face to face. But obviously that is not the same as being face to face. So the next stage, although she can still lash her sister and her mum, whilst yeah. she's in lockdown because she's got all the tools that she needs and if she needs to be, have me online with her at the time then I can she will then come back in for another half a day to to lash a person and to just go over what what we have done it's not a perfect scenario and you know no she, you know but it was just a way to to get them going and and she she'll, she'll remember that and remember you now for the rest of her career which is only a, only going to be a good thing for everybody involved well i hope so i do like to think that i go the extra mile for my students good okay so i'm going to move on to dion now are you ready dion still with us yeah i'm here <laughs> <laughs> right so dion again same question we're going to start with what were you doing before you were lashing so over 10 years ago what were you doing Oh gosh, Jamie, I've had so many jobs. Um, I've had so many jobs. So before, um, directly before lashes, I was an executive assistant. Um, so PA, I was kind of doing the PA roles for a couple of years. But um, before that, I've, I've done everything. I've been managers of gyms. I've worked on cruise ships, um, done retail management in retail, um, telesales. I used to be one of those people that would, um, you know, try and get you to sign up to, um, you know, to, to donate to charities in, in the street. I've done that. Uh, <laughs> one of those no, I, 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 I have done all, I've done all the telesales stuff, <laughs> selling people credit cards over the phone and things like that. Yeah. I, I, I had so much fun doing telesales. Me and my cousin did it together and we would just absolutely, we just didn't take it seriously. We would just, we'd, we'd call people up, we'd make up fake names, we'd be giggling. <laughs> we, we were really naughty. <laughs> um, yeah. But, There's no um, wonder that nobody trusts telesales callers, is it? Well, people, no. People, like you I, people shouldn't phone. trust telesales callers. <laughs> 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 um yeah no i've done i've done lo i did loads before uh, before lashing i kind of um have always worked since since 15 um i've always had a job um most of the time multiple oh my gosh i worked in a library can you believe i worked in a library i can't i can't believe i worked in a library and you had to stay <laughs> quiet mm. i had to stay quiet it was so quiet <laughs> Um, yeah, I've always had jobs, but um, I definitely was a bit of a floater. Like I was a hard worker, 
but I never really had a, um, a specific direction and, until I found beauty and, and lashes. So yeah, I, I, I just did everything. Just and what, what came first then? Was, th was it the salon or the lashes? Was there a treatment you did before that was the gateway drug to going into doing lashes? Or was it lashes, become successful, open a salon? Like how did, it, how did that process happen? So I, I was at the stage where I just decided I wanted to work for myself and I trained in beauty. And I trained in everything all within a, within a you know, a, a short period of time. Um, and I literally quit my job. I had no, no clients, no even, no even experience. Um, I quit my job. The local fitness first to me in Beckenham was, um, had a room to rent. I went, I, I knew someone, they told me the room was available. I was like, yep, I'm going to go and work there. So I quit my job, went and worked there and I just did everything. I did all the beauty treatments, um, even down to massage. I offered quite a few different types of massage and beauty and it just kind of naturally happened. It's really strange. I, so I was doing spray tanning, waxing, lashes, tinting, nails, massage. Um, but my, the two treatments I really loved and they're quite different was lashes and massage. And so over time, I just found that I would sort of, um, um, not available for that. You know, when people would ask, you yeah. know, if they wanted their nails done, I was just like, oh no, I can't fit you in for that, but I can do your lashes or, you know, I've run out of polish or, or whatever. So I kind of sort of narrowed it down, but still did everything. And then, um, not long after I kind of started working for, myself um i got pregnant i got pregnant with my first and so then i took it to my home and then after after a while it was just too much of a hassle to be setting up for all the different treatments um working around you know small children and stuff like that so then it just kind of became just lashes it just kind of became easier to just do that. I had my regulars that would come to me every three weeks for lashes. And so after a while, everything else sort of dropped off. Um, and so lashes was just so busy. Then I did my volume training. Obviously it got even busier. Um, I can't actually believe how long I, it, I took to do my volume training. Um, I think it's changed in the industry now, isn't it? I've spoken to a few people that are like more experienced and have been around for longer. And they, like Tara, for example, um, she and you have took their classics and it was a year or so, or even more, I think. I can't remember what Tara said to me now in the interview. It was a couple of years before she even then took to doing volume. Yeah, I, I have been doing... So this is coming up to my 10th year. Um, and I... I've only been doing volume for not even five years, I don't think. So I was doing classics. Several years of just... Yeah, I was just plodding along doing classics and having a fantastic time. I didn't even know what volume was. I was not interested in Instagram. I didn't follow any other lash artists. Um, I was very much in my own little bubble. Um, just, it was all word of mouth. I, I had an Instagram and I did put pictures up, but I didn't know anything about hashtags or, you, you know, I wasn't using yeah. it the way we have to use it these days. Um, I was very Word of mouth is mind. definitely the best, the best. You can create and fill your diary um, with just word of mouth. So that's, that's your proof. Uh, of yeah. That. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I was doing. Um, and so, yeah, then I did do my volume. Um, then I started to sort of learn a little bit more about the industry and started to get a little bit more involved in the industry. Obviously, Vicky was my teacher, so she showed me quite a lot. Um, and then it just started to get so, so busy. My clients kept on saying to me, you know, you really need to be training up other girls and you really need to have a space where you can work from. And um, I was also getting a lot of other girls asking me if I would train them. Um, and I would just always refer them to Vicky. Um, and then I think something just sort of clicked um, and I, I felt like it was, the you know, after a while, I felt like, yeah, that is the right time to start looking into all of that. And so I was looking for a salon. I'm so blessed. I've got my salon is on my road. Um, a a shop became a it's a real blessing. I'm so blessed. I've honestly. always I've seen I always see on your Instagram. You're so colourful. It's so bright. It does look good it's, in there. 
it's it's a it's a nice place i love it i miss that place i'm telling you it's so fun i always said i want a shop that is just full of stuff that i love and i never thought it this was before the beauty i never thought that it would be a salon but it is a shop full of the stuff i love so i've, I've got it <laughs> that is cool. that is good. Yeah. and so yeah now i've got my team of girls in there and i train from there and it's uh, yeah so that's that's how it all sort of happened so are your are your staff are they employed or are they self-employed so they are employed yeah and, yeah and what was the 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 how did you make the decision because i get asked this question quite a lot how did you make the decision to take on employ like em, employ people rather than go down the self-employed route because i know there are pros and cons to it all um what made you choose the employment route um and and why did you think that that was the best way to go for you so I didn't at first. I'm telling you, I've had that salon for just over two years. I have made so many mistakes. I'm telling you, I've been in the business for a long time, but it's like I've just, it's like a brand new business, taking it from doing lashes at home and just managing yourself and your clients and your stock to then having a salon and having it's just it just becomes such a bigger scale and i have made so so many mistakes and i'm not saying it's necessarily a mistake for anyone else but i did employ self-employed girls at first and for me that just did not work um for many reasons and it was um katie godfrey um about a year ago not long after world lash university i approached her because i know she does mentoring and um again i never thought i'd be the person that would go to someone for mentoring but it was one of the best things I could have done for my business because she really did get me to sort of look at the way I was doing things and you know she sort of tapped into you know what my goals were and what it was I wanted and she made really good points and if you just have a space and you just want to you know be able to work in that space and help you know get your rent paid then rent in beds is fine but I knew that I wanted to build a brand I knew mm -hmm. that I wanted to build like a community and so you kind of have to go down the road of employing staff that are all going to work towards your vision um, and you know you're going to they're going to help your brand grow and you're going to help them grow personally as well so yeah I switched it over um, did you lose the ones that were self-employed for new different employed people is there like a different kind of person that you have to look for if you want an someone that's employed because it's uh obviously there's job security safety holiday pay and all of that kind of thing whereas self-employed often they have their own or different aspirations don't they so yeah. um was it a different type of employee to get an employee sorry it was 100% it was um, it was it well, I was at the stage where I was really sort of finding it very very difficult because I'd had so many girls come and go and the same thing was happening I was investing so much time into training them up and then they would either um, you know most of them would just leave and then go off and, and do their own thing which you have to understand it's just the way it is but for me it was like going through a, a breakup, a relationship breakup every time. It was really, really hard on me. And so yeah. that's kind of, I was at that stage when I sort of met Katie and started talking to Katie. And so I'd already, my team had already changed quite a lot. I'd lost, I'd lost a few girls. I had to let some go as well. Um, and so the ones that I did have, um, when I decided to make that decision, some were happy to transition over. Well, one was happy to transition over um one wasn't at the time but because i'd loved her and she was fantastic and she came into a certain arrangement i wasn't then gonna i, I allowed her to stay self-employed until she made the decision recently to then go on to employment so um and then all the other girls were, have kind of been new since since things have changed and for me i definitely love it I definitely prefer it this way like it yeah, comes yeah. with its own challenges but uh, it's more in line with with what I want and also the kind of the kind of manager I want to be because whether you're self-employed or employed you're still managing them and I'd, I'd like to kind of give them that support and help them to grow and stuff and it's a little bit harder to do that when you've got girls that are just there for their own agenda and don't necessarily yeah. want to don't want you know don't want that motherly advice and guidance and stuff so yeah best thing i did i think 
for me. Yeah, I, th- I think, if, not that I do, but if I ran a salon, I think I would definitely go down the employment route. And I, th- I, I believe there'll be people listening to this right now that will either have self-employed staff or will be looking to have a salon. And that may have maybe pushed them towards going down a similar route to what you have, because I think it's it's probably the better way for building your own business rather than just having, like you said, that, that you can't. It doesn't happen every time. I know plenty of businesses with self-employed members of staff um, that are running fine and happy and have been around for a while, but you can find that you'll get people that are just coming in for their own agenda rather than coming to help you build your dream, build your business. So, Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And don't get me wrong. I think when you're starting out, like when you're at the beginning stage of I've found this premises and I know what I want to do in it. And it's definitely easier to think I'll just rent beds to people. or I'll just, you know, I'll just, I'll just pay, you know, I'll just charge rent to people. Um, but I think over, over time, unless you're a really, um, you know, relaxed person <laughs> and uh, <laughs> which I, which I'm not, I do, I do, I do like quite a bit of structure. Like I'm, I'm quite fun and, you know, flowy, air, you know, airy fairy in some senses, but when it comes to my business, I am quite, you know, I know what I want and I kind of know the vision that I'm going for. And so I do kind of think that you do, yeah, you do kind of have to make sure that everybody's working on the, working on the same from the same singing from the same hymn sheet so they say that's the one yeah 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 i agree okay and so obviously what you're doing right now you are in lockdown however there are uh oh so i've been told i'm aware of one but i have been told that you are doing a couple of things at the moment tell us about them lash brands and things oh like yeah that. yeah so so i've got the um so i've got the salon um which is obviously my, you know, my biggest baby and has to be and will be my biggest focus for a while. Although I, I have just employed a manager, so she's going to sort of help with the running of that to allow me to sort of focus on other things, which is fantastic. Um, I train as well. Um, so that's, that's really cool. And I absolutely love training. Um, so I want to continue with that. I am at the process of, um, I'm currently rewriting my manuals. Um, I'm spending way too long on them. Um, I'm really procrastinating. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I, I, I know what I want. I know what I want from them. So it's okay. Um, it's crazy with I, manuals. We're, we're doing the same at Lashbase at the moment. And the problem is you can, you can just keep going, can't you? And you, you, you'll end up giving a manual out that's about like thick as a, thick as a Bible or a dictionary and you've got to try and work it so that it can help beginners rather than overwhelm them. It's got to be relevant. It's got to be up to date. It's got to be your way. It's got to be. So how are you finding the, the, how are you finding that? This is the thing. I think when I wrote my first manuals, don't get me wrong, I put my all into them. But now I know so much more. So I'm trying to make them so much better. And it sounds so silly. I was talking to someone else about this the other day, but it's like I'm I'm starting to care about what other people in the industry are going to think about my manuals. And it's like these manuals are, you know, I say this to other people all the time. Like you have to remember what you have to offer. And I know that I have so much to offer these newbies. And, you know, whether I put in every single thing there is to know about Cyanacle, is that really relevant to a to a beginner? You know, so what if so-and-so judges me because I didn't include all of that? So I'm kind of, I'm battling a little bit at the moment, but I'm going to, you know, I've said it out loud. I know what I need to do. I do yeah, you know what you need simple. to do. Yeah. Um, I do need to keep it simple and I do need to remember that my target audience is, is beginners. Um, so I think if you're offering people the support afterwards, if you're if they like you and they enjoy their training, then they'll learn the rest from you after they're qualified and going forward. Well, this is the thing. I do ongoing um, mentoring sessions with my students every couple of months. They they can always message me. Um, I'm I'm always checking in on them. Like I'm forever sliding into their DMs. If I see pictures and I'm like, oh, like what? <laughs> like, I'm on their cases. Do you know what I mean? So I do offer the ongoing support, and that's another important thing that I need to 
I need to remember as well, you can't necessarily teach them everything at the beginning because you are going to overwhelm them. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, but my manuals, they're going to be awesome. They're going to be awesome. And I do um, definitely want to get to the stage where um, I'm taking on trainers around the country. I've started to speak to a few girls about that. Um, so, so, yeah, lots of sort of exciting things that I'm focusing on. Um, I'm even going so deep with my manuals as to make sure that I'm not using the word she because I feel like so many men are having lashes these days. So I, I, I'm going through and I'm, I'm trying not to use the word she or her. Use the word they and... Yeah, the client yeah. And, and stuff like that because I just want to make sure that like I want them to be so good that they're around for a while and they're politically correct and they're, yeah, that's spot on. So um, it's, it's a nice project though. I'm enjoying working on them, but yeah, I do want to get them yeah, finished nice. before lockdown. <laughs> and, and, you've got, and you've got your, your own products as well? Yeah, so I've got my little brand, um, which is very cute. Um, it's 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 a very little it's a very little range at the moment. I've got my easy fanning lashes, which are called quick fans, um, which are just fantastic for. Uh, they're really good for newbies, and they're really good for mega volume because they just fan so easily mm -hmm. um so i love those and it's been really lovely kind of seeing how that side of the business has developed and you know obviously seeing people give you give you lovely feedback and stuff has been really nice um i have just finally finally placed my order for my regular lashes because it was just quick fans for ages but i do have my regular lashes coming now so i'm going to have my regular proper volume so to speak and my classics um with us soon which is so so exciting and again i really did procrastinate a lot about that i kind of knew what supplier i wanted to go with for quite a while but um yeah i, I took i took my time i took my time but now that i've made the decision i feel so good um and yeah i just can't wait for them to come really so um but yeah i'm keeping the brand very small and i'm really making sure that i'm taking my time with um introducing new things like there won't really be i don't think i'll go down the adhesive route or, or anything like that yet it's just going to be the lashes my tweezers which i love um and then it's just accessories really mm. will it be a case of using the reinvesting what you make from the lashes back into the lash side the product side of your business and growing it slowly that way um because there's only one dion how are you going to run a salon successful training and run a product brand is this where your new delegation skills of getting in a manager is that yeah. the plan going forward yeah so i, so I in fact actually that can move us on what are your plans for the future yeah so yeah that that is it i love the salon and i love being there and there was a point where i had to have a word with myself and say you're focusing on a lot what do you want to is there anything you can get rid of? Do you want to streamline? And I, and I didn't, I, I wanted it all. <laughs> but I had to, <laughs> I did, I do, I do really want it all. But so I had to find a way to figure out how to do that. And so with the plan with the manager is that she is, um, she's basically salon manager. Um, and her title is business manager. So she's going to take care of all of the salon, everything to do with running the salon, she's going to ship the orders for me she's going to help with a little bit of marketing but really the only things that i want to really focus on are training and um and and you know marketing the products i've got like i say i don't i'm not in a rush to bring out any more products so i just want to work on like building the brand and making sure that i'm offering excellent training developing the training side of things um and also this having this manager in place is going to you know give me the give me some time to be able to go back to doing lashes because i do feel it's so important to to keep up your skills yeah to keep you know, going yeah. yeah like i say i love targeting beginners that's all fantastic but i do want to be able to start doing workshops and sort of you know um you know helping people that are a little bit more experienced and stuff as well so i don't think that you can just sort of like you know rely on you know your your previous awards and your previous sort of so you've like got that. so you've got some big plans then yeah, Lots yeah, of, yeah. also and um I'll, I'll ask i'll come back to joe in a second but where where can people find information on these uh, on the training and on your products okay so i've got my website which is um just loveandlashes.co.uk um and i've got a couple of instagrams but the 
the main one that I'm sort of focusing on building at the moment for the product and training side of things is love and lashes underscore training and biz. So that's for training and business. Cool. I'll put um, those in the, wherever we post this, I'll put that and it'll thank be you. in the, the podcast notes and stuff as well. Um, and also Joe, just before we move on to lash angels, where can people find you about and all your training and mentoring and, um, we've touched on the podcast, but where can they find you for the rest of it? Well, I'm always happy to hear from anybody who feels like contacting me. And you can find me on Instagram at flashlash underscore beauty. And my website is www.flashlash.co.uk. Perfect. Right. So the Lash Angels. Someone tell me and the listeners what is or are the lash angels who's <laughs> mm. taking it well um the lash angels are is, is me and joe we are the lash angels <laughs> um yeah so we kind of we kind of joe approached me actually um about perhaps sort of working together on something and um we had a little think about you know what we wanted to do we um at first it was just going to be a little um a little workshop in in like my salon wasn't it um <laughs> that was one of the original ideas and then we thought do you know what that's like when we started thinking about the ideas even more and it, it just sort of grew and before you knew it we had a um you know literally three months later we we had our first event <laughs> which you know you know you came along and spoke at so um it was a great so, yeah. success it was really good it was a bit oh, mental you. though, wasn't it, Dion? It it from from yeah. embryonic formation to the birth of the Lash Angels event, it was a bit nuts. I mean, three months is not a lot of time to come up with the idea, to have various conversations, to come up with a name, and to put an event in place. Dion and I had not done an event like that before. I have done like charity balls and stuff, so I have done events, but not not like this with speakers and and initially it was as Dion says it was going to be quite small fry it was really key for us that we kept the cost down because we were aiming it at newcomers newbies to the industry that's kind of our our USP I guess and we, we because the cost was going to be low the ticket price was going to be low we weren't going to do goodie bags and all of that but we were blown away by how much people got behind us and we had such generous sponsors coming on board it was amazing Dion wasn't it it, it just yeah, oh, yeah. we didn't think we'd get any sponsors but people were like you know approaching us and then we were like then I was having fun I was just messaging everyone like hey <laughs> you want to give us some stuff <laughs> The thing is, I think with, um, with all Lash events, with all Lash events, especially like when it's run by people like you that are known within the industry, uh, it's actually a benefit to everybody involved by donating or sponsoring an event. So it, it helps the people organising the event because there are sponsors, there are products in a goodie bag. It helps the people going to the events because they then get to try free products um, and it helps the brands donating the products and things because that means there are products in hands so that people can use them and they might like them. They then might go and buy them themselves. So, so yeah, I'm not surprised you had such success with the sponsors. Our goodie bags them. were, the value of the goodie bags were worth way more than the cost of the tickets. I mean, yeah. they really did get a good deal. And I'm at that, we got such amazing feedback and it wasn't all about the goodie bags. We had a lovely venue. The parking could have been better. Yeah. We'll be rethinking that for the next one. <laughs> but it, generally, it, it was fab, wasn't it? Yeah, the doing the practice there. doing the weather from your promotion, uh, your speaking. Yeah, I think it's time to bring the weatherboard out. Sitting in my room, <laughs> gathering dust. She's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> so, and now I guess because of what's going on right now in the world, the the Lash Angels future event uh, has changed slightly or has moved. Uh, have you got any plans for a future? lash event with the lash angels well the last one was january and we were always planning to do another one in january so we're still hopeful that that could happen the thing that has been more affected and obviously all of our 
planning with the event has been slightly stymied. But the, um, the, the next thing we were going to do was a competition for new lash artists. And we were going to do that in June. And we've got some incredible judges lined up and ready to go. But obviously, we can't do it. So that has been the first thing that's been affected. But for sure, yeah, we're a bit frustrated, aren't we, Dion? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, as Jamie and you know your mum said, as Jamie and Julie said, we're all in this together. So um, yeah, it has it has been a bit rubbish, but it's fine. We're all in the same situation, and it it will happen. And um, with our competition, we're kind of keeping it in line with you know the theme of the Lash Angels, and that is kind of targeting newcomers um, to the industry so it is you know our categories are going to be really mm. supportive of new girls coming in um, and we have of course made a decision that we are going to however long we were on lockdown for that gets added on to you know your time so if you're in a certain you know if you've been lashing for x amount of time it's that amount of time plus plus lockdown time so that you don't and i think what a way to to kickstart somebody's career than being an award winner when you're new. So yeah. that's a great idea. If you can, obviously once we all go back to normal-ish, whatever normal is gonna be, if you can get this up and running and get it going, then yeah, it's gonna it's gonna make and I think to be honest, I, I actually think everybody should enter competitions anyway, especially when you're new, because it gives yeah. you it's a different type of lashing. It gives you a different type of pressure. You get the feedback from people that, that are very experienced. It's a good experience all round that, that really, really, really help you with your career going forward, especially if you're new. And then especially if you come away as a winner. Yeah, it's, it's, I wish I had done competitions as a beginner because yeah. when you're in the master category, my God, it's hard to yeah. come away with a trophy. It's so tough when you're in a category that's full of amazing trainers and lash artists. Whereas a beginner, your, your odds are better if you've had good teaching. I'm always trying to tell my students to go and step out of your comfort zone. I'll help you go and do a competition because, you know, if you, as you say, what a way to start your lash career. Mm. Okay, so I think that about wraps us up. I've got one question for both of you. You can take it in turns to answer this. Uh, for the listeners, and again, because you guys, um, what you do is help the people that are newer to the industry. So the question is aimed for the newer people, the newbies. What is one piece of advice that someone starting in the industry that's new right now, what one piece of advice do you wish you had when you were new? Do you know, I couldn't think of an answer to this question when you sent it to me. But I do know the piece of advice that I was given as a, as in my very early days by Wilma Dunn of the Eyelash Emporium who trained me. And she said to me, remember, not all business is good business. In other words, if you have a client who's a complete pain in the ass, who you kind of know is nothing but trouble and is going to bring you grief and cost you money and time and effort, then probably not going to be worth it. So ditch them. Your diary suddenly becomes very full. <laughs> you can't fit them in because it's just not worth it. So yeah, not all business is good business. That's a good piece of advice, Dion. Yeah, very good advice. Um, okay, so... My... <laughs> If I if I could give the advice to my to you know Dion ten years ago, it would be um, you know manage your business like a business. I think that so many of us um, in this industry are like you know you look you you get your money you get your money you get your money coming in straight away. It's fantastic, but um, you know are you running your business like a like a business? I've I've been in the game for a while and I'm only just starting to appreciate that this is a business. I've always known how to make money. Yeah. I, you know, was, was I a businesswoman or was I a bit of a hustler? Do you know what I mean? It's like, um, you kind of have to be on top of your, <laughs> you've got to be on top of your finances from the get go. I, and lockdown, if what's going on now hasn't shown people that, then I don't know what is, what, ha what will, because so many girls, you know, weren't perhaps 
doing things the right way and weren't treating it as a business, weren't putting money aside, weren't registered with HMRC. And now they're in a position where they have, you know, they have no help. Um, they don't even really know what it was they, they are missing because they never tracked their money. So um, yeah, I would say if, if you want to be in this for a, a while, treat it like a business, take care of your accounts weekly from day one. Brilliant. Great piece of advice as well. Right. I think that is it. Those two pieces of advice. I hope anybody listening right now can take both of those in because they are absolute brilliant pieces of advice. I think as well, what I always like to do just to test some people as we're at the end of the episode. Now, if you are still listening, what you have to do as always is either screenshot that you're listening or take a picture of exactly what you are doing right now. Cause we're probably still when you're listening to this, very likely we're still all in lockdown. Uh, take a picture tag all of us so it's going to be tag at lash base underscore jamie and and i'll let dion and joe say there where they'd like to be tagged at flash lash underscore beauty yeah and dion i just want to double check i've got mine right so it's at loving lashes <laughs> <laughs> underscore training and biz brilliant so tag all three of us and let us know that you are still listening um, and I think that's going to be about it. We, I am going to be filming some more episodes. I've got a couple of interviews lined up. If this one goes down successfully, it's my first interview, like I said, um, apart from when Tara was actually in the building with us recording. So it's the first Zoom interview, but we've got a few more lined up and a couple of other standard episodes to come. So thank you very much to Dion and to Joe for joining me and everybody else listening. We'll see you very soon. <laughs>